Hello, and welcome to the Divine Feminine Leaders podcast. We are a feminine view of entrepreneurship for women by women. And what we really like to do here on the show is showcase female entrepreneurs who are living life on their terms and really redefining uh, their industry in a big sense. And so today I am so appreciative and so honored to be welcoming on Anne Tipton. Anne is a financial analyst. She's been doing that for many, many years. She has her MBA. The list goes on and on. Like this woman is so financially wise that it is really, really fun to talk money with her. So she is a money coach. And what she really enjoys doing, her passion is helping people like be really soul aligned with money and spend it in a way that feels really amazing to them. Instead of you know, some financial coaches will be like, you can't spend money on this and you shouldn't spend money on that. And there's a lot of judgment and shame energy. Anne is all about living your life abundant and fun. And rightfully so, her branding is creatively rich. So you can find her on Facebook, Instagram, all the places under creatively rich, which I absolutely love. And we're going to dive way deep into that. But to wax a little bit poetic, one of the... Uh, so, and a little fun story. The way I met Anne was through a business conference a few years back. And, and, and we were being creatively rich in that moment. We, uh, we met actually by having, by being random roommates with some ladies at this conference and we had none of us had ever met before, but we shared a room and it was a lot of fun. And I had people in my own life going, seriously, you're going to room with people you've never met? Like, how does that even work? And I was like, I trust the universe. I trust like, and, and it was like a slumber party. Like we had so much fun. So I am so honored and please, and I hope that you really enjoy this conversation. I'm really excited to welcome Anne to the show. So welcome, Anne. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I, I hadn't thought about that, but actually I think we met for the first time and slept together the first time. <laughs> slept next to each other the first time <laughs> on the same day. Strangers we met off the internet. You know, life's you an gotta, adventure, right? <laughs> you gotta trust the energy. I'm always like, yeah, we did. We we even shared beds. We were bed buddies. That was amazing. <laughs> I love it. So and it was so much fun and it was so great and it was such a testament to. I don't know, when you just really trust that things are going to work out, I mean, look at it. We've maintained really amazing contact over the last couple of years, and it's been a, such a blessing to watch your business grow and shift and change. And so tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, like where you started, because clearly with an MBA and a financial background, and now moving into like kind of just recreating, like, what do, what can money actually mean for people? Give us a little bit of that journey for you. Yeah, so um, early, early on, you know, I took Marie Forleo's B-School way, way, way back in the day. I think it was probably 2010 or 2011 when I, when I went through that course. And her whole thing is, um, you know, what can you talk about forever? And for me, that's always been money. Like, I, um, you know, took economics classes in college for fun, um, I read personal finance books on the beach. Like I, it's just one of those weird fascination things that I've always just been super compelled to. Um, and part of that is this paradox that is money, right? Like it's this thing that can get us all the things that we want. And also it's this thing that can create so much guilt and shame and like there's debt and it's hard and there are all these, all these emotions. It's such an, it can be such an emotional topic for people. Um, but at the end of, but at the end of the day, it is really just numbers. So I've always been fascinated by money and um, decided to start a personal finance blog. So I went to a writing conference in support of this personal finance blog and the leader of the conference um, sat down at the head of the table and she kind of asked me what my superpowers were. Um, I was working as a financial analyst at the time and uh, I let her know that my superpower in my job was that I would take super complex financial concepts and be able to explain them to our senior leadership who needed to know those things. And I could, I could break it down so that they could understand, even if they didn't have necessarily that background in finance to make it all work. And she's like, wait, you, you can make it sound like simple and easy and digestible. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what I do every day, all day. And she's like, 
you're doing that for my business. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so next thing I know, she has hired me to help her um, do some financial analysis in her business. She didn't have retirement plans set up. She was making a crap ton of money, but really wasn't super conscious of where it was all going and how it was all flowing in and out. And didn't really have a plan moving forward. And I was like, girl, we can get you a plan. So sat her down and we, we worked it all out. And now she's got retirement savings and they're paying down debt and they're doing all the good things. And also they're like, you know, going off to Sweden when they feel like it. Um, so that was kind of my first client and how the ball got rolling. And that is how Creatively Rich kind of came into this world was just somebody really needed it. And I was in the right place at the right time. Oh, I love it. And to me, it's like, the universe is kind of like, here, this is what you're good at. Just say it, you know? And then somebody's like, oh, I, oh, I need, oh, I need that like yesterday. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, she, she had been honestly like praying for something along those lines. Like she knew she needed help in that area and was actively looking for it. And then I showed up. That's amazing. I love that. So tell us a little bit about what you do in Creatively Rich, because I know like there's, it feels clearly some financial planning, but also like some mindset stuff. And, and so talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So I think the thing that people forget or they, they don't even have awareness of, maybe forget isn't the right word because they, they never even started, is that we get to be super intentional about how we spend our money. And I think that's the big secret. Everybody's looking for you know, the magic pill, the secret sauce. The secret is you got to work it backwards and figure out what's most important to you. And so intentionality around where you're spending your money is what creates an abundant life. Hmm. For a lot of the people that I work with, they don't actually need more money they just need to be more strategic about how they use their money. So, you know, it can, it can be easy to feel like you've got tons of bills coming in, tons of financial obligations, and that you've got to keep running on that hamster wheel to meet all those. Um, what I do with my clients is we get you off that hamster wheel and take you back so you can see the forest for the trees a little bit in your financial situation. Um, and then walk through a coaching process of, you know, okay, what do we really want? How do we want that to look? How are we going to make that happen? Um, and really do that diagnosis to figure out, okay, you've had a boat, you know, that you've had in the garage for five years. You haven't taken it out. You're still making payments on it. Let's get that out of the garage. Like, <laughs> so we can make those practical choices. Um, and I do primarily help business owners, although um, this year I will be opening it up to anybody who needs you know, personal finance help. Um, so yeah, we do those, those deep dives and then come out with a beautiful plan. And then if you want ongoing support with that plan, I can be there for that. And if you're good to go with your plan, awesome. I'm happy for you. So that's, that's how it kind of rolls. I love that. And so talk to us a little bit about taking the guilt and shame out of the numbers because there are so many people who are like, you need to restrict yourself and you need to do this and you need to do that. And so I know your view is very different. That's why it's called creatively rich. So what are the ways that people can be creatively rich? Yeah. So once you're in alignment with your financial decisions, you don't have that boat that you haven't touched for five years and you are. So one of the, one of the things I've been talking about a lot lately is the difference between consuming a latte and consuming a latte. Um, lattes are one of those things a lot of financial gurus have a tendency to harp on about like, you're bad, you had a latte. And it's like, actually, I love my lattes. Love, L-O-V-E, love. So, but there's a huge difference between walking into a coffee shop, enjoying that sensation, right? You take it in, you smell, like whenever you walk into a coffee shop and you get that like, great big nose full of like caffeinated goodness, um, you know, and you really savor that experience. You sip your latte, you enjoy it perhaps, you know, while reading the newspapers, chatting with a friend or whatever you're doing, when you're savoring that experience, then you are getting way more than $5 worth of value out of your latte, right? Way more. But if you're like swinging through the drive-through and mindlessly kicking it back just to get your you know, caffeine rush or whatever, which you could have gotten at home for 20 cents. To me, that's a huge difference in spending $5 and spending $5, right? Because when you're intentional and enjoying it and you're savoring it and it's like, 
yeah, like soul fulfilling latte drinking. That's awesome. Let's put as much of that into your life as you can, especially when it only costs $5, right? That's a pretty cheap, it, you know, pleasure to, to partake in. But if you're just kicking one back and you're, and I mean, I've known people who are like two or three time a day, Starbucks people, and they don't even taste it, right? Like they just, they just suck it back and it's gone and they don't even enjoy the, the process. So I think that's foundational in taking the shame out of it. Because if you're really getting your money's worth, it doesn't feel shameful. It feels like, hell yes, this is an aligned decision. This is the best use of my money. If you're driving through and you kick it back and you're finished and you don't even realize that you've finished, which I mean, I'm, I've done this before. This is not judgment on my part. I'm just right. saying. <laughs> like, We've all been there. Uh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I am not above that kind of behavior at all. Um, but yeah, I think it's just amazing to, to make that distinction in your head. And so it, you run into less guilt when you're being intentional about what brings you joy with your money, period, right? Because the, the suck down latte can haunt you. Because um, that $5 is just, it's vanished, right? It's gone and you didn't get anything for it. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I do a lot with my clients is, you know, so much of what we think, so much of what goes through our brain are just thoughts that we have on repeat. Um, brains were set up that way, you know, millions of years ago to help us process in a very complex world. Um, so that simplicity of the repetition happens a lot. And so I think the more we can catch ourselves early on, when we start to play those tapes that go over and over and over again of I'm bad, I spend too much money, I'm in debt, like those, those negative self-talky things, when you can recognize those and cut them off at the pass, that, that's also huge. So just awareness for those things. And then I'm a huge fan, and I know you are too, of EFT tapping, like doing the, um, you know, tapping on those pressure points um, and really releasing, feeling the emotion and releasing the emotion so it doesn't haunt you. And I think you can really deprogram your brain to have those recurring thoughts. And once they're gone, they're kind of gone. Like, so you can actually, yeah, actually just train yourself out of that negative cyclical thinking. You're inspiring me to take up tapping again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I love this conversation because to me, it is all mindset and it is all like, we have these thoughts and, and when you were saying like, you can deprogram yourself and you can like, literally like let those, let those feelings, let experience them, then release them. This is a lot of what we do, don't do in our culture is experience them first. We like try to keep them like this and then they just pile, pile, pile. But when we can like feel them and then release them, it takes the power away. They actually aren't that bad. We're not going to die. We get scared that we will. Um, but what also comes up for me is <sighs> train derailed, which is funny. Um, no, I just feel like being able to release the emotions. Then when we, we reprogram and we don't have those thoughts going on, they can enter back in, but we're going to be so much more aware of them. And then we'll be like, wait, really? Is that true? And I, that's not true. I know that that's not true. Right. Yeah. Right. And, or why do I think that? I think that's always a powerful question. Yes. Like, why do I feel like spending $5 on a latte is bad? And why do I have guilt around it? And like having some awareness, like seeing what comes up, I think is really- Yeah, and why am I making this purchase? Am I making the purchase for joy or am I making it because it's habitual, because I want the caffeine high? Because I like, so what, what is it about this experience that I'm craving? Um, I think that's another like really good thing. And I, I'm a huge, huge advocate of journaling just in general. Um, I'm a nearly daily journaler. I don't know that everybody does some that anybody does it actually every day, but I'm pretty close. That's amazing. But yeah, processing those emotions, thinking through them and going, actually, where is this coming from? And I think with money specifically and women specifically, there's this huge tie to safety, right? The, there's the thing about the money makes me safe. And I think when you're talking about like overall mindset around money, it's never the money that makes you safe. The money is just a tool. 
And so the more you can kind of untangle that web of money to be safe versus God, universe, universe, source, whatever you want to call it, that's where my safety comes from. Then you are going to experience a total shift in your perspective. Like the more you integrate that into your being, that my safety doesn't come from an external source, it comes from an internal source. Whew, it's just so much lighter and, and the money flows faster and easier and freer every time. It's so funny that one begets the other in such a, such a non-linear, but oh so linear way. It's so powerful. I love that you just said that. I want to back up a second and then I'm going to hit that point. But so the, the way that you were talking about in the beginning about the latte, the $5, when you go into the coffee shop and you drink all of the scent in and you sip on the cup and you're having this experience that is actually more than $5, right? Like, and it feels luxurious. Mm -hmm. And I think that that to me is really, that's the crux of any of this work is yeah. how do we feel? And the awareness, like you were saying about the intentionality around it. Like, am I just needing caffeine to go? You can take a pill for that. Le legit. Like they're caffeine pills. Um, if, the, if that's the thing, but if you really just like want to savor that experience, that's so powerful. Did you have something about that? Or should I move on? No, just, I mean, it's so cheap to make coffee at home. Like if, if really all you want is the caffeine hit, then I mean, for 20 cents, you can brew a cup and it's, it's good. I mean, I, I make really good coffee at home. So, you know. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But then this point that you just made, which I love that you made it because I made it on the podcast last week um, because I saw it with a client which is we marry money and safety. We absolutely do. And we marry safety and love and relationships. Mm -hmm. And we marry safety into a lot of different things, especially as women. And, and, I, and, and freedom. There's also like this, this codependent relationship with money that we have, which is like money means freedom. Money means safety. If I have money, then I will be these things. And I love that you said that because when we can rip that apart and be like, no, actually my safety, my freedom comes from within. It comes from spirit. It comes from source, God, the universe, whatever you choose to call that infinite energy that is surrounding us at all times. Um, it's such a powerful practice and it's like, and it's, it takes some shifting, right? But like, man, when that clicks, and then it'll unclick and then you got to reclick it and then you got to click it again. And yeah, it's not like there's not one on off, but yeah, yeah, no. And the more, the more we integrate that into the daily, the yeah. better it all is. Yes. Like you are worthy just the way you are. And it's this concept. I love it. I almost see it like a seesaw, right? Like on off, on off, <laughs> like, you know, and as you get better, like it's on all the time, right? Like it just yeah. is. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's practice. It's life. Life is a practice and it's a journey. So I love all of that. So what are some of the ways I know you have really fun manifestation stories. This is coming up right now. Um, so tell me about some of the fun, uh, creatively rich manifestation stories that you have. Oh man, I've got so many. Um, most, most of my fun ones are related to travel. Um, I love to travel and, um, yeah, I just really, I enjoy it that much more when I've gotten it for, for free or really cheap. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, one of the things that I have manifested relatively recently was, um, so my best friend and her husband three years ago moved to Bermuda. And I have not, had not had the opportunity to go and visit them. Um, it's really hard to get from Indianapolis to Bermuda. There's no good way to get there. You actually have to like fly an overnight through Toronto, which is so stupid, um, which makes the flights more expensive. And then you've got to go through customs twice in it because you've got to go to Canada and then you've got to go to Bermuda. And it's just like, ugh, such a pain. And then, um, so yeah, it's, it's just a pain to travel there in general. And I had this desire to go to go see them. 
And um, to make a long story short, basically my husband won a free cruise to Bermuda so that we could just happen to go visit them. So, <laughs> so we got to spend a week on a boat with all you could drink cocktails and, you know, a delicious food and I'm gluten-free and cruise ships have like allergen kitchens on board. So for me, that is a very luxurious thing to know that I can walk into a restaurant and be safe when I eat and not get sick. Um, so yeah, gluten-free restaurants available 24 seven, all you can drink cocktails, free trip to see my best friend. Yeah. And just, you know, manifested it. And I love the fact that like you were just saying like how difficult it can be to get there via flight, but the cruise is easy. So easy. And so it's it works out of New York. It's so easy to get into New York and out yeah. of New York. And yeah. You don't have to deal with two customs, just one. And yeah. Um, well, no customs because you're on a boat. You right. just get off the boat. Yeah. Super easy. That's right. They wave at you when they get, when you get off the boat in Bermuda, they're like, have fun. Don't take any fruit. That's the, that's the rule. It's like, yeah. all right, you're better than TSA. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So talk to me a little bit about this ease because you and I have been having this conversation. I know, um, like personally about how easy things can be. So tell me a little bit about that shift for you? Because I, I don't know, was, was it always easy for you? Oh, not even close. No, I was, I was raised in the Midwest in corporate. No, the nothing is easy. <laughs> Just like you. I mean, we're, um, you know, I think that Midwestern hard work mentality was drilled in from a very early age. Um, that and having parents who just much as though I love them, they can make things like infinitely more difficult than they have to be just that's who they are um or who they choose to be um so no i i had inherited this habit of making things way more difficult than it needed to be and um it's been a very gradual slow and gradual unlearning of allowing myself to let it be easy um, and I think it's been such, it's so much harder to let it be easy than you would think it would be. <laughs> I really like systems and fancy and complicated. And I, I am drawn to that in a lot of ways um, because I'm a, I, I often say that I am not a type A personality. I am a type A plus personality, but that is like extra. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think having, Having that background, it has truly been an unlearning of letting go and allowing things to be easy and understanding that that's, that is also part of where my safety was coming from, right? By, by creating complexity in my life, by creating, you know, making things harder than they had to be, then I was proving my worth, right. um, which, yuck, right? Like, I don't have to prove my worth. I'm worthy. Um, like you were saying earlier. So, so no, it's definitely been a process to kind of unpack all of that, but man, is it better on the other side? <laughs> it's so easy. <laughs> Go, figure. Go figure. No, it is. I understand. I, I totally feel you on that because I even like in the mornings, sometimes I'm like, Oh, you need to get up at such and such time. And, blah, 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 blah. and then I'm like, okay, what do I actually have going on today? Do I actually have to get out of bed today right now or do I want to? Right. And it's, and, and there's, I, I spoke about it on Facebook recently, but like there's so much punishment energy, right? And I was, I was finding myself punishing myself with these thoughts of like, you're not doing enough. You're not doing the da da da, you know, like it's not hard enough and you're not struggling. And if you're not struggling, it's not worth it. And you're not worthy. And like all these fascinating things that we do, and so I'm curious, um, what are some tools that you have used to get out of that space? Yeah, certainly the EFT and the journaling, those have been huge for me. But the, the other thing that I think is essential, if you're kind of on this journey, um, whether you have financial issues to unpack or life issues to unpack, um, which I think we all do, um, is uh, the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. 
Um, he talks a lot about how we create these worries in our minds um, that aren't necessarily valid at all. Like they're not even real things, but we create them because we aren't used to being happy. That humans as a whole have spent our entire existence with all these reasons to not be happy, to be worried, to, you know, make sure we have enough food and to make sure that we've gathered enough for the winter and to make sure that we've hunted enough and all of these, um, you know, caveman kind of concepts. That's, that's where our brains evolved from. And so as a species, we've had to learn to be okay with just being happy. Like that's not necessarily natural. And so he has a lot of good strategies in that book for kind of unpacking some of that and understanding why it happens the way it happens and allowing ourselves, giving ourselves that permission to learn what a, an, a regular rhythm of happiness even feels like. Because I mean, you're obviously always gonna dip from the happy from time to time. It's not gonna be all roses and sunshine every day. But having that be your average, you know, a super happy average versus a super unhappy average, Right. It, you have to work your way up to that. And, and I think that book is an amazing tool has amazing tools in it um, for relearning how to do that. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I adore that book as well. And and it's interesting because I read it years ago, I think just before you and I met, um, or around the same time. But and and we had talked about it when we first met. But it um, it's so mind blowing. And I, I didn't realize at the time, like you can't just read something once and like, and really have the mindset shift, right? Like you can read something one time and go, Oh, I totally agree with that. I see what that means, but that one time isn't going to actually change all of the things for you unless you're doing something on a regular basis to do that. I wish I would have known that then. Cause I think that it would have like saved me a lot of the struggle and this is hard. It's gotta be hard. All of that. And like the, the path that I went through, which I have no regrets about, but I'm, it could have been easier, you know, yeah. like everything could have been easier. And, and so, yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that that book is amazing. And I wanted to step back a little bit because we've been talking about EFT and you mentioned it briefly, EFT, for those of you who do not know what that is, it's emotional freedom technique, and it is tapping acupressure points, as you had mentioned, and, um, and it is really, really powerful. Nick Ortner has written many, many books on the subject, but lots of people teach EFT and tapping, and it's, it's a powerful, powerful technique. It's funny when you mentioned EFT, I was like, oh, see, like for me, my go-to is meditation. I'm always mm -hmm. like, do at least five minutes. Like it's, it's nothing and it's so helpful. And I'm like five minutes in the bathroom to escape if I'm feeling some feelings and I'm good to go. Like that's. Are you talking out. about like when you're in the middle of like a situation that's heated or yeah. 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 Or just, just a situation in my head that's heated, right? Just like one of those like panicky, ouchy, blah, you know things that happen and yeah to be able to sneak into the bathroom sneak away for five minutes and and do something you know that type a plus personality coming out um but i can do something to to switch that switch off and make it so that that's not not going to derail my day or my week or my month like maybe it would have in the past yeah i love that thank you for saying that so i'm a little bit curious you've mentioned eft and tapping and some meditation and journaling um what are your, talk to us about your like daily, weekly, monthly, annual type of like self-care practices, because I really, I've talked about this multiple times on the show, but I, one of the foundations of when I work with people is I believe that self-care is the foundation to success. Mm -hmm. Like for so long, we've been taught to be martyrs and that it needs to be hard and it needs to be struggle. And I'm, I call bullshit on it. Uh, and we get to feel really amazing and really taken care of. And we provide that to ourselves before anybody else does. It has to start within for other people to acknowledge it. So talk to us a little bit about your particular practices, loves, things that you love to do. Yeah. Um, so this is actually something that I've been working through with my coach. Um, 
and we've had a lot of conversations recently about how um, I think self-care and personal hygiene get intermixed. Like bathing is not self-care. Bathing is hygiene. You need to do that. <laughs> you know? Um, so again, just like a latte, you can have the latte that you're savoring and enjoying. You can have that bubble bath with the Epsom salts and the, you know, essential oils and all that, like, mm. and then you can shower because you need to shower because you're a human. And so I think just like that latte thing, you can have both experiences that meet, like that have a totally different outcome in how it makes you feel. Um, so for me, it's just a lot of the things that normal humans do like bathing but doing them in a way that, that is intentional and it feels like the regenerative, rejuvenative kind of like, <gasps> that, that really, you know, allows those happy feelings, those good, relaxed, not stressed feelings. So yeah, I'm, a, um, I'm an at-home manicurist. I make sure that my nails are done every week. Um, I try and take at least one Epsom salt bath, bath a week. Uh, journal almost daily. Um, that's a, that's a huge thing. And I, journaling is one of those things that kind of eluded me for a long time. It was one of those, like, because I'm a type A plus personality, I didn't really know what to write. Like I wanted directions. I wanted somebody to tell me how to do it so I could get an A, um, overachiever nonsense. Um, but what I found that is the most restorative for me is to just do a brain dump. Um, so I use a software called 750 words.com 750words.com and that's um, based on the principle uh, that they talk about in the book the artist's way where you just all the things that are happening in here you just dump them out onto this computer um, server or whatever and um, it just allows you to kind of work through some of those stuff, some of those things. And I found the earlier in the day that I journal, the better off I am. It truly is a meditative practice for me to just like, there it all is. And I'm done. Like, and that, that allows me to approach my day with focus and, you know, energy and intention and get the things done that I actually need to get done instead of like mindlessly scrolling through social media all day, which I have done more than once in my life. So that's a huge one for me is the um, the regular journaling. I don't really have anything like quarterly or yearly other than like travel. You know, we just make sure to have um, really good vacations on the calendar. Um, and that's always fun to look forward to. On an ongoing basis. Oh yeah. 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 I love that. Thank you for sharing. Cause I do. And I love the distinction that you made between like, this is personal hygiene and this is how you do self-care because, and I think it's different for everyone. Like, I just think of like new moms who are like, oh, just getting a shower is self-care in that moment, right? Like, it's like so exhausting and not having, not getting enough help, not feeling supported enough or trying to just do it all and letting it be hard. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which again is a cultural thing. We've taught women that that's normal. Uh, and then, and then getting a shower can feel like self-care, but it really is the intentionality behind it of, yeah, I take a shower every morning and I don't know that I do consider that self-care, but I, but I also, it is more like hygiene, but I also do try to be intentional with it and like, give my body gratitude. But you have had the shower, I guarantee that we all have, where, you, don't you know, have maybe you haven't showered in a couple, three, four days, and like, yeah, and that is like the greatest sensation in the world, right? Like, so you can totally check in with that feeling of like, oh, I needed that so bad, it feels so good. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I, I did some volunteer work one summer in New Orleans, summer. Mm. New Orleans. Yeah. That one day that was the best shower I'd ever had in my life. I think, and I was there with like some other colleagues and I think we all were just like, that was the best shower. <laughs> 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 like after each of us did. Um, yeah, absolutely. And it is, it totally is about intentionality and where are we in that moment. And when you were talking I thought the other way that it can go too is I've totally had the showers where 
I'm like, did I wash my hair already? <laughs> you, it's the drive-through mentality, right? Like it's the yeah. same as the latte where you're just like, yep, it's gone. I think I had a latte. Yeah. And I've been like, I don't know that I actually did shampoo my hair <laughs> and that was my intention. And I think I need to do it again because I can't count whether I did it or not. <laughs> crazy things right like and and again like once we um I think just having the awareness around it and being like oh I really want to be present right now in this moment <laughs> well, and permission to do both right like we all have those I haven't slept and I haven't you know whatever but I think that I think that that can be an important distinction of some people rely far too much on things like I bathe as their only self-care yeah right and that's that's not necessarily that doesn't necessarily tick the box if you didn't do it with the intention of self-care. Yeah, I love that. And I like how simple it is too. Like just what is your intention around it? Instead of I have to spend money and I have to go to yoga class or I have to go get a massage or, you know, because I think that often self-care is looked at as something that is something that abundance brings you, etc. But it, doesn't have to be that way. There are so many small ways that we can have that intentionality and just, and have self-care can be just having a talk with a friend. Yeah. Enjoying your, your beloved, uh, or your kids or whatever that is, right? Like your animal. And I say that because Anne has her dog on her lap. He's sleeping. And he's sleeping. <laughs> Little gizmo. Oh, little gizmo. So if you're watching the video, you get to see it. I'm sorry for anybody who's just listening to the audio, but little gizmo is super cute. Uh, yes. So yeah, it can be, it can be free. Like self-care can be free. Or super cheap, right? Like sometimes, you know, I'll go into the fancy health food store and I'll buy the little packet of the Epsom salts with the rose petals that smells really good and whatever. And I think they're like $2.38 for that little packet. And it makes me feel like a million dollars to pour that in my bathtub. You know, it's just one of those things that self-care doesn't have to be expensive. And I think that goes back to the whole, like being super intentional about how you're spending your money. I think people walk into department stores and they walk into um, other places with, you know, where there are things to buy and they think that they're going to make themselves feel better by dropping $300 on a new pair of shoes or, or whatever but actually what they're craving that same that same desire could be fulfilled with a call with a friend or a two dollar and 38 cents cent bath situation in 15 20 minutes to actually check out and enjoy your bath right yeah so yeah. i think that's where that's where we are consumerism has told us that the right way to solve those problems how to fix those feelings is to buy and ultimately the more aligned you are, the more checked in you are, the more you realize that that's not what you're craving at all. The spending isn't actually what's providing the antidote to those feelings. Mm, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that because it is the truest of the true. Like it's so true. Like we've been taught that if we just throw money at things, it will teach, it will fix feelings. Mm-hmm. And guess, guess what? It doesn't. And, and then you're, then you're broke and still have the feelings. <laughs> but depending on how far you go. And then you have worse feelings. Right. <laughs> right. Cause then there's judgment. You're judging yourself. You're feeling yeah, judged by others. There's shame. There's guilt. Um, yeah. And then you listen to these personal finance gurus who call you names and are rude and are angry at you because you have debt. And then you stack that, you know, guilt and shame on top of all of the other, the emotion that you were trying not to feel to begin with. And yeah, then you've got yourself a real spiral of feeling terrible and no wonder so much of America is depressed. <laughs> right. So yeah, talk to me a little bit about that. Cause I feel like you and I have had some conversations around like debt and all of that and how it's normal for entrepreneurs to have debt and to not feel bad about that. So tell me your views and like. Yeah. So those are two separate thoughts. It is normal for entrepreneurs to have debts and you don't have to feel bad about it. But most, I mean, a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs do. 
Um, I think we live in a culture that really shames debt. Um, everybody from, you know, you turn on the news and, oh, debt, bad, bad, you have debt, you're bad. And I think they're, it's not even that the debt is bad. It's like that the person who, who created the debt is bad. And I think that's a really ridiculous distinction, especially when you're using debt as a tool. Um, so again, there's a huge difference between going into Macy's and blowing 500 bucks or buying a course that's going to help your business for $500 or hiring a coach or something along those lines. Those are very different types of debt in my eyes. And so if you're using debt to create more money, you're just doing what every entrepreneur basically since the beginning of time has done, right? Most of us cannot are, are not in a position when we start our businesses to just finance with cash all of the things that we need to start a business. Whether you're starting a coaching practice or you are opening a restaurant, most of us just don't have the cash required to do that. So, um, so yeah, I think it's a lot, it can be a lot emotionally for entrepreneurs to unpack. Um, in a perfect world, would all entrepreneurs have no debt? Sure, but that's, that's never gonna be a reality. Like that's not, that's not how life works. So, so yeah, I do think the guilt and shame that entrepreneurs carry because they have debt, because they, it's the same to them as going to Macy's and buying a new pair of Jimmy Choo's that you didn't need. Um, I don't know if Macy's sells Jimmy Choo's, probably not. But wherever sells Jimmy Choose, um, yeah, I think it's just a totally different, it's a totally different way of spending money. Um, and I, I just don't think entrepreneurs should feel bad about it. And that's one thing that I work with, you know, my clients on. And certainly having a plan to get rid of it, um, paying as little interest as humanly possible on the debt that you have is highly advised. Um, that's, I actually have a workbook that guides people through how to get out of that situation. Because if you're paying like 25% interest on a credit card, it's gonna be really hard to pay it off. Um, but there are tricks that you can do to move balances, you know, get your credit score higher. If you've got a lot of debt, sometimes that can be a challenge. Transferring balances around to give yourself some breathing room so that you can have it at 0% or 3% or whatever, which makes it a lot more reasonable to pay down you pay a lot less money when you do that. And it's just, it's easier and faster and feels less intrusive in your life to make that happen. So if you're an entrepreneur with debt, you are not alone, you are fine, you are normal, and there's nothing to feel bad or guilty about. And obviously try not to get into too much more, but <laughs> um, you know, if you need more than you need more. And that's it's an investment in you and it's an investment in your future. And as long as you're being responsible about it and it's well thought out, go for it. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for that. And I, and I love how you spun it at the end. It's an investment. And I know myself, like I invested a lot in coaches and programs and um, conferences and speaking and all of that. And, and it was debt, bad, 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 like so much shame around it. And I did have to like, I literally even renamed the spreadsheet that it all sits in as investment because it was, it was all investment in me and my growth, in my, in my journey, in my business, in my future businesses, like all of that. And it's so, and, and so being able to like also take it away from the identity of like, Debt being bad means I'm bad. Right. Right. Not true. Yes. Uh-huh. I've not done anything wrong. I made decisions to like better myself, to better my family, to better my experience, to better my clients, my, you know, my future clients, my future businesses, all of that and how powerful that is. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's such an important distinction. I think the further you put it away from, I am bad because I have debt. No, you have debt. You are good. <laughs> and then also this is an investment in you and your future. I think those are, those are such important distinctions that it's important to differentiate because debt as an entrepreneur, assuming that it is for entrepreneurial things and not your shoes, um, it, it's just a very different animal. And I think it should be treated with respect and reverence. And 
not only should you not feel guilty about it, but I think there's a certain level of gratitude that you should really give to that debt, right? Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to invest where I would have not otherwise been able to invest. That's what credit is, right? You're just, you're borrowing so that you can finance something that you can't afford. And so how great that the credit, that, you know, Visa and MasterCard and Amex, they all love you enough. They're all, they all have enough faith in you that they believe that you can do this and you can pay it off and that you're good for the money because you said you would be good for the money. Right. And so how, what a wonderful gift. Oh, I got all the warm fuzzies. I love that because it is, and there's so much gratitude. And I just think about, you know, those of us, and I'll call myself out who have even taken from retirement funds, right? Like, uh, I totally took from all of my investments that I had to invest in myself. And man, when I was really able to get into that space of, I'm so grateful that younger me thought ahead to be able to finance in that way. That's not the way that I thought that it was going to be go. That's not where I thought it was. But how amazing was it that that was what I was able to do with that money? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that you had an opportunity to let it grow and, and become more than even you could put in, you know what I'm like? Right. The whole thing is really amazing when you step back and really look at it from the eyes of gratitude and say, Hey, wow, this is actually freaking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you to the universe for allowing that to happen. And for, you know, my former employers for investing in me in the way that they did. And, you know, like all of that, like we've had all, oh my God, now I'm like, woo, feeling it. Like <laughs> how amazing is it that all of these different ways, like you were talking like MasterCard, Visa, Amex, like, and, and employers and mutual funds and investments and stocks and whatever those things are have like just lifted us up in whatever ways, maybe it's properties, maybe it's, you know, automobiles, something, whatever, whatever those investments may be. And then being able to utilize them for the investment into your own well-being, for your business, for your clients, for your future, to be able to like, let it all multiply is just Oh, I'm feeling it. I love it. Well, I mean, I think the extension of credit, regardless of what's it, what it's for, is a pretty miraculous thing. Like even, even my vehicle, right? I have a loan on my car and somebody just let me take a car because I said I was going to pay for it. Like that's pretty amazing in the grand scheme of things. And something that, you know, our ancestors, obviously a generation or two ago, they had that, but our ancestors way back, never had that kind of opportunity to say, you know what, I'm just going to drive this car off the lot and I'm good for it. I'm going to make monthly payments. That's pretty amazing um, that, that it all, all works together that way. I love that. It's so true. And it's this testament to life can be easier and easier and easier, right? Like how easy is that to be able to be like, I'm good. My signature, right? Here's my here's the information. You know where to find me. Yep. Take it. Yeah, it's pretty magical. The whole thing is really magical. I love it. I love it. So why would you feel bad about that? Don't feel bad about that. Somebody gave you a car. That's amazing. (laughs) Yes, or a credit card, or whatever, and allowed you trusts you to be able to pay it in full. Yeah. And, and so I love the fact, I just love talking to you about this, Anne, because it's just amazing. And I'm so grateful that you're doing this with people to like help them not only step out of the guilt and the shame and the hiding, you know, putting, putting our head in the sands like an ostrich, but allowing them to then make a plan right? And being able to put all the numbers on paper and figure it out and really look at it and giving sense of peace. Because I think it goes back to being intentional with the latte or the bath. Um, where, how can you be intentional around your money? Just like you were saying, and, and it frees up 
so much energy to like just have peace and have this very different experience with your money than what you may have been having before. Totally. And I, I think for a lot of people, having that plan is very freeing, right? To know what they need to do, how, how things need to go, especially, I mean, my primary customer has been, you know, have been female small business owners. And so to have a situation where you know how many clients you need, you know what that looks like, you know what you need to sell, and you know that that's going to give you the life that you really want, it can be very motivating. And more often than not, after clients work with me, they end up making a lot more money because they see what their money is buying them. It's not just the latte that they suck back, right? Like it's, they're seeing, oh no, I'm going to go to Bali this year and this is what I need to do to pay for it. Game on, let's do this thing. Because they, they attach the outcomes to the things that they really, really want. And so it's super inspiring to watch people like put, put the pedal to the metal and go, you know, after, after we work together. That's one of my favorite parts. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. <sighs> Thank you so much for this conversation. I just feel like it's so powerful and so healing. Like I feel like it's healing for me. I know that it's going to be healing for other people. And so where can people find you online? So um, creativelyrich.com is, is the, the main place, but then um, I do have a Facebook group if you want to come over and hang out. Um, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash creativelyrich. Um, or if you're an Instagram kind of person, it's at creatively.rich. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. We will definitely have all the links on my website which will be divinefeminineleaders.com backslash Anne, A-N-N-E hyphen Tipton, T-I-P-T-O-N. And you will be able to find out, read her bio and see her lovely photo and also watch from that website as well as listen. And we'll have all the links to find her to join her Facebook group. I'm in the Facebook group. It's kind of amazing. Really have a lot of fun in there. Love the questions. There's always like some fun interactive questions, like get people involved. <laughs> so yeah. And, and just releasing all the shame around money, like releasing all of the guilt and the shoulds as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants the shoulds. Exactly. Exactly. So, and it's been such an honor. We really, really appreciate having you on the show. It's so amazing to have this conversation with you and chat and just help other people step out of this. And as listeners, we so appreciate you are listening to this. If you subscribe, it will help us reach more people. So please share it with anybody if you feel like, oh, I know who really needs to hear this. We would love that. Subscribe, review if you would like. We, we love hearing your feedback on every single episode. And as we mentioned in the beginning, my name is Celeste Hartwell. This is the Divine Feminine Leaders Podcast. We are a feminine view of entrepreneurship for women, by women. And guess what? you can be creatively rich too. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Mwah.